Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. And I'm about to go through this series. I don't know if you guys have ever read under your own, but the parable of the sower. Now, this is a really cool parable because it's probably one of the smaller ones that Jesus has done, but usually right after the explanation is given. And I'm going to go from where it's Luke 8. So if you guys want to turn there at some point and look at it, but I'm going to go through it this time because I'm going to go through each of the, the seeds with each new, each episode after this. So today I'm only going to do the first part, but I'm going to read the whole thing for you so you can get the understanding if you're just listening to God's word. It starts in verse 4 of chapter 8. And when a great crowd was gathering and the people from the town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went, down, went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew, and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he, ca he called out, You he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9. And this section is about the purpose of the parables. And when the disciples asked him, what is this parable meant? He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in the parables. So that seeing they may not see and hearing that they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, and the ones along with the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of the life. And their fruit does not mature. And as for that in this good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. <clears throat> now, what's really cool about this parable is the simplicity of the parable. But I'm only going to be talking about the ones that fell on basically the, the saw ground or like in our times, the cement uh, sidewalks or the stonage that covers around the garden where they, there's no way for the seed to penetrate and grow. There's no way. So the idea behind this uh, started spurring in my head because I have a friend who decided to go in a different direction. And it made me think about this parable specifically. Now, in most cases, when you take this first part, when it's talking about those that fall on basically the stone uh, or the, the flat ground or the, uh, as you could say, the pathway, okay? The ground isn't set, isn't designed for a seed to land on it, period. 
And sadly, a lot of people who fall under this are like atheists, agnostics, people who don't believe in Jesus as, the, as their savior. Um, so basically any other religion that doesn't believe Jesus is their savior. You have, you could name all the different religions you want to, like Buddhist, Hinduism, you know, Islam, um, Mormons, uh, well, that's a little bit different story, but yes, Mormons, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, groups that have basically created their own religion from their own perspective with their own theology. And I, and I have to say, even Catholics, guys. I mean, just because Catholics believe in Jesus, it doesn't mean that they actually believe what Jesus has done. Because I've met people who say, they, oh, I believe in God. I believe God's real. And I've met people who say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about that Jesus guy. But if you were to get Nick Grit with them and talk with them and really get deep into the conversation about who is Jesus to them, you're going to get a lot of different answers. And it's sadly... You'll find this even in churches. Well, you'll you can go up and ask a young person or even an adult, whom you just you could tell the fruit. There's something wrong about the fruit that they're expressing. It seems off, and you ask them, you know, tell me why did Jesus have to die? I mean, that's the main question. You know, who is Jesus to you? And they may tell you different things, like he's a good man, great teacher. You know, they may even use like, oh, he was like the, the best rabbi that Israel ever had. But sometimes you're going to be shocked with some of these answers. And they may not say the Son of God. And that's a scary thought. I mean, if you're in a church who's supposedly teaching, you know, Jesus is, you know, the Savior. He is God's Son. He is God and man. You know, he, he came to this earth. And you don't even see him as that. You see, what happens is I really think people are just intrigued with the desire to be in a church because maybe when they were a kid, the grandmother took them to church a few times. Maybe when they were younger, their parents took them to church a few times. But there's no solid ground at home. So even though the seeds were thrown at them at one point, the problem was those seeds were thrown on ground that was basically concrete because there was no teaching of any kind that they got where they understood what they were hearing. Because the idea is that, you know, Jesus is explaining that they have, like, let's see, where is it? Verse 8 at the end, it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So people are actually choosing not to hear. I mean, you've run into people who say, I will never never be a Christian. I, you know, I'm not going to be weak. I'm not going to be part of a group that has to count on someone else. Oh, God doesn't exist. I, I hate him. He was never there for me. Like you start hearing a lot of the stuff from a lot of people and you could see it in, in our culture and, you know, the news media, people who just accept sin like it's nothing, um, who basically would actually say that we, the Christians, are the problem, that we need to get rid of them. Those are the people that were probably at one point thrown seeds but they they had solid rock like a, a, a sidewalk or a path that wasn't even ready for them they have absolutely denied god because they have been isolated enough by the by the enemy or the, the yeah the enemy we'll just use that you know the devils the demons so much that the, they have convinced or tempted them or they've been, a, be, been able to be enticed by this world's desires that they can never see there's something more with God. 
that God has something better for them because all they see is the world around them. And some people live in a, in a, in a world where it's chaos, it's horrible, it's dark. And others may be living in a world where they have everything. And so they don't see a need for a God. I have everything. I'm the God. Why would I need a God to be my God? I have all the money in the world. Or even people who don't have all the money in the world, but still live in a life that they think is, you know, amazing because they did it. They're the ones that put it all together. They're the ones that were uh, living the life that they want. So they don't need a God. And even through tragedy, they still won't see that there is a God. It's like they're determined to hate him no matter what. And have we seen that before? Well, yes. You know, if we're paying attention in 2020, the hate for Trump was so heavy that they didn't care about losing their freedoms or facts or truths. They just hated it. Hated him. Hated him. That's all they did. I mean, the big the big evil orange man was always the, or evil orange man, I should say, was always the phrasing I heard all the time from a lot of people who did not like him. And, you know, we sit there and we're like, how could they deny God? How can they deny such an amazing gift? Well, look how much they hated Trump. It didn't matter how much the truth was thrown at them. They still hated him. And that's how it is with God's word. It doesn't matter how much we're like, look what Jesus did for you. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Look what he's done for you. Look what amazing things, all these blessings. Look what he's got. Nope, they're all mine. I did it. And they're like, nope, God didn't give it to me. Nope, nope. God is still evil. God's awful. God, look at what he does. He's judgmental. And it's like they go through all this other stuff that now what we're having an issue with is the Christian church is like, well, we got to make, you know, God look enticing. And we got to let Christianity look like they're really interesting. And so now they're creating this Christianity is like, well, God is all about love. God's all about love and peace. He's not about judging you guys. Not, and that's a lie because that's not biblical. So now we get people who get enticed by this new thinking which leads to the next seed but we're not going to talk about it until next week because the idea is that this ground is so thick that sometimes when you especially in King James Version you'll hear the phrase harden hearts that's usually what that means with people that are in this situation and the only way for them to be not hardened by the Holy Spirit or God himself in the Old Testament you know God can soften a heart but he also hardened hearts because he allowed when they when he hardens the heart he allows that person to just indulge themselves in whatever it is that they're indulging you know like one good big example is the king of Egypt Pharaoh you know with uh, Moses coming back and asking for his people to be let go he said yes the first time. But then he said no because God hardened his heart. Now the question's always been, why would God do that? You know, he said yes. But see, you gotta understand your history too. Because if you know your history, you would know who was Pharaoh to the people of Egypt. Was he just the king? No. He was considered a god on earth. He was considered a god from the heavens, their heavens version who came down as a man and he was a God. So when he said yes to Moses' request, he did it out of him being the God. 
that he, God, let Israel go. And who said, and what did God say to Moses that who's going to release his people? And, you know, because Moses asked, who am I supposed to say who, who's requesting this? He says, I am. So in other words, he was saying, I am God. Pharaoh is just a man. So he hardened his heart because he wanted to show and, and prove to the Egyptians, but also to Israel, that he, he alone, would be the one that would release them, make them free again. And so what he did was he hardened his heart, but still Moses was able to get the people to be released, even through Pharaoh's hardened heart. It shows you that even though people you're going to run into that are going to fall under this tampered, tampled area of seeds and the path that they are on, that God is still in control. God is still going to be doing things and God will still be asking and reaching out to these people. He'll still give them opportunity to accept what his son has done. The Holy Spirit is still going to reach out to them, but it's still going to be their choice. And sometimes he will harden their heart because he wants them to go through the consequences they need to go through because he, he knows either the choice they're going to make to come to him or the choice that they're still not going to come to him. He already knows what their choice is going to be, but he allows them to go through it because he wants to give them that chance, that choice. So they may chase after the world wholeheartedly but at, at some point, they may actually say, you know what? This is not worth it. God, if you're real, come to me. If you're real, open yourself to me so that I can see that I can accept what, what your son has done. And God's going to stand there open arms, just like the par- prodigal son concept, where he's standing there waiting for his son to come back after he chased after the world. That's also another parable. The idea is, guys, how many of you have are listening to this out of curiosity not necessarily because you're a Christian not necessarily because you have accepted Christ but maybe it's because you're at a point where things are just not working out you're at or there's consequences just going on left and right and you're just curious about what is a man supposed to be then you know if if I was chasing after the world and everything was great but now everything is just feeling like nothing what what's my worth well, guys, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to start thinking about who God is. Who is he? Now, the whole idea behind this podcast is to, to help men discover who they are as warriors of God. Then it might be some of you guys that are listening that don't even understand what that means, let alone have been struggling for this whole time trying to figure out what it means be a Christian. You may have heard it when you were younger. You may have heard it, you know, by some friend or just even some side note of information. Maybe you heard a sermon online or heard someone talk about Jesus, but you still are sitting there like, I, I just don't get it. You know, I've chased after you. I have everything. I have all the money. Why in the world would I need a God? And this is like your point, your opportunity. You can sit there and you can actually think about this. if you understand sin like if you've listened to some of my other podcasts not even too long ago we talked about sin sin separates us separates us can you imagine 
a child and a mom and you separate the child from the mom, what happens? The idea is that being separated means you never get to see God again. You never get to see him ever again. You're separated. Sin takes and steals away the relationship that God had created from creation because he is holy. He may be loving, but he is also justice. He is the king and sin cannot stand before his presence. That means you and I in our sin nature cannot stand in his presence. So how in the world can we get to heaven with God? Because that's the thing. I think a lot of people in this case too also may have accepted Christ or, or did the prayer, right? And, and reached out because they didn't want to go to hell. So their seeds were thrown at them. They're like, oh, I don't want to go to hell. And they tried to say, hey, I accept Jesus because I don't want to go to hell. That's not the reason why you accept Jesus. It's not so that you don't go to hell. You accept Jesus because you want to follow your Savior because of what he has done for you and that he has forgiven you, that he has taken away your sins, that you don't no longer have to die knowing that you will be judged for those sins straight up and put into hell. You will stand before God and he will say, I can see that my son has saved you, that he has paid the debt that you deserve. You get to be with me. You get to reestablish that relationship that was lost because of the sin you have done. It doesn't mean we stop sinning, guys. It doesn't mean we stop sinning. Even after we're saved, there, the temptation's still there. Temptation will always be there and you can make the choice to fall into it or you can make the choice to run away from it. You could be a taker, or you could be a Joseph. Okay. We're going to continue this talk after this commercial. I look forward to talking to you guys again. Welcome back. And we've been talking about the story of the seed, okay, the parable of the seed. And something that, you know, you have to consider too, because we're going to go like verses 11 and 12. It says, this story is about some of the of those people. The seed is the word of God. Now remember, seed is the gospel message, God's word, the power that's behind it. The seeds on the road are those who hear the word, but no sooner do they hear it than the devil snatches it from them so they won't believe and be saved. Okay? You have to understand one thing okay john eight forty four is an intriguing verse and something you ought, you ought to remember because you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies so you got to understand this one thing about Satan is that he is your father while you are sinner. So you're going to be enticed by what sin has to offer. He's You're going to be enticed by um, the world, and he's going to do that. So a lot of these people, when they were on this solid rock or the, the pave, when they got through those seeds, he came in. He swooped in really like kind of almost like a hawk or an eagle coming in and 
put all this good stuff of this world in front of you, enticed you about doing other things besides what God's word really does say. Because he understands that if he can keep you distracted, keep you focused on this world and desires that you can find on this world, he knows that he can get you hot. So the idea behind the snatching is he you, you've already been enticed by this world. You've already been focused. Even as a child, you see what the world can offer. And so he keeps on poke, poking that or throwing that into your mind and your heart, trying to remind you, hey, you know, this this is pretty good. You know, like if you're older, you know, he'll he'll use a lot of the stuff like pornography or even, you know, you, you've been dating, you've been having sex, sex is great. He'll use things like, hey, cussing is okay. It's not a big deal. Everybody does it. Or, you know, hey, watch these movies. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not going to affect anybody. You know, you're watching this at home. He'll use everything that you enjoy, everything you like. Hey, these hobbies, don't worry about how much time you're spending on it. Your family will be fine. He'll use everything he can. So even as you're learning more about who God is, what he does is as soon as, as, soon as you get that word, he throws, he tries to hit the seeds onto the hard hard ground or the bad pavement that way you don't get interested in it okay that's another way how he he moves in this situation so the idea is guys because of what sin has done you may be in this moment you heard the truth satan keeps on trying to snatch you in this moment he keeps trying to get you to think oh you know you could worry about salvation later you're young. Don't worry about accepting Christ right now. It's not a big deal. And that's the thing is, he wants to prolong because his goal, the Satan's goal, and all of his one-third of angels that dropped from, from heaven, their goal is to destroy God's creation of humans because they know how much God loves you and I, that they're willing to try to destroy you. But what they do is they don't, I mean, you know how much easier it'd be just to destroy you straight up? But that's not how it works. They want you, they want it to be so bad that you deny God. That's the scary part. Because like you go up to verse 10, back one, he says, and this is from the message. He said, you've been given insight into God's kingdom, talking to the disciples. You know how it works. There are others who need sto- who need stories, but even with stories, some of them aren't going to get it. Now, the first section I read was, you know, in verses was ESV. But I wanted to try message a little bit, mix it all up a little bit so you guys get kind of a clearer thought. But then he says, their eyes are open, but don't see a thing. Their ears are open, but don't hear a thing. I've seen this. Like, you could speak truth, and they'll still respond in this, like, mechanical response as if nothing I said mattered. Why? Because they have already chosen with their eyes and with their ears not to believe. If you guys have ever listened to Adventures in Odyssey, um, the older ones before Eugene was saved... Uh, are interesting because Eugene was a character that got thrown in there as the intellect, logical, smart. He didn't see religion the way that like I see it. 
he saw it as a crutch, but he was curious, which is interesting because he was curious because of the way Mr. Whitaker acted, but even how Connie acted. He was curious. So, as time went, I remember when he was sent into the imagination station, he had gone during the time uh, when the, the wise men were coming to see Jesus. And the wise men are considered these smart intellectual science guys. And I remember Eugene asking them questions like, why are you looking for this child? Why are you looking for the star? What's the point? You know, think with your mind. What's, what's the problem? And they said, that's the problem. They're like, Eugenius, you're thinking with your mind only. He goes, see, the thing is, we sit there and we think in our minds and we think with our hearts and we think with our ears and we think with our eyes that we've, we chase after science mind logic so much that we can't perceive God's gift as that simple. It's too simple. And I remember the, the, in the script, those wise men, the one said, Eugenius, you need to stop thinking with your mind, but think with your mind and your heart. In other words, what he's saying, listen to what, the, what God is speaking into your heart about the truth, not just with your logical mind, because God's going to penetrate all the way down to your heart. That's why it says God's word is like a two-edged sword. It cuts through. You think about that imagery. It cuts through. The idea behind the sword is that it cuts through even the hardest of hearts. That's how powerful God is. He, just because you may be so hardened does not mean he cannot break through that. But he also has to allow you to make your own choice. He can't force you to believe in him can't force you to believe excuse me believe that jesus died for you he can't force you to accept this gift he can only tell you the truth and the holy spirit and it can really barge through even the hardest of ground like can you imagine holy spirit just pounding right through that concrete taking your seed and planting it you know putting god's word right into your heart and said this is the truth and that's the part you got to understand. You can't sit here running around thinking that this world is all that, ha that everything it has is all that you need. No, that's not how it, that's not how it is. This world is by the devil or Satan or the enemy. It's it's his world, his culture, his design, his purpose. God's involved and God is there and God is involved in enough where he is interacting and is controlling the world's outcome because satan and his cohorts cannot do anything without god's will or god's allowance remember god's a fair god but he's also a just god and he needs to allow what satan does because he wants you and i to choose him not be forced and not be someone who just ignores because there is people that believe that God just kind of started the world and just lets it go. No, God's involved. God interacts. God wants us to be a part of his relationship that he had created at one point. And Jesus is the key. 
That's why even I think it's John 1 1, I recall. Go start all the way to back in John. It says, In the beginning was the word. Okay? That word is Jesus. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So overall, you got to understand that Jesus already is one. Okay, Jesus is the answer. Jesus already is the power behind everything. We're the ones that seem to not listen. We're the ones that seem to ignore the truth. Here in the message, this is how it states, the word was first word present to god god present present to the world word excuse me the word was god in readiness for god from day one everything was created through him nothing not one thing came into being without him what came into existence was life and the life was was light to, to live by the life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out Remember, Satan, he thought when Jesus was going to the cross that he won. That's the key thing. He thought he'd won. But then Jesus went down to hell and rose again three days later, defeating sin and death. Okay? That is the light that came out of the darkness that that blocked the darkness, basically. Which the darkness is where we live in when we don't know Jesus. So ultimately, as you, you continue your process in your life, you know this the, today. For any of you who are have heard it, heard the truth, and denied it over and over again, now you're sitting here and you're asking yourself, "Is it worth it?" It is. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Ask him to show you more of him. So they have a better understanding. So your heart isn't so hardened and that seed that he casts can get in there. Because remember, seed can't grow unless it's in a in good ground where it can ha- prosper. It can set out roots. This is your opportunity. This is your moment. This is your this is the time where you can stop denying him over and over again and just allow him in. Help him to reveal his truth in you. Because he will. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you use this as an opportunity to break some of these hardened hearts that might be listening out of curiosity, that they may know you, that they may know who Christ is, that they may accept what the Savior has done and ask forgiveness and change and repent. Ask, Lord, that you just break these hearts, that they may not have a, a heart of stone, but have an open crack for at least that one seed to get in there. And watch them change. Ask any guys here that know people that they've been praying for for years about that they'll be able to be a witness, a testimony, a light to those people, that they would uh, be examples of you and continue to reach out to these men and see them change over time. I pray as we go through this series that you will show the weaknesses, the strengths, and the power of your of 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 what they're going through, um, that they'll get back on track, 
that they will accept you as their savior whatever it may be and wherever they may be now that change will come i pray this in jesus name amen